Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Off the Page. I'm Kina. And I'm Sarah. And in honor of Asian Pacific Heritage Month, this week we read The Namesake by Jhumpa Lahiri. So, a little bit about the book. When their son is born, the task of naming him betrays the vexed results of bringing old ways to the new world. Named for a Russian writer by his Indian parents in memory of a catastrophe years before, Gogol Ganguly knows only that he suffers the burden of his heritage as well as his odd antic name. So to start off, I want to talk a little bit about food and this idea of hunger that seems to get brought up a lot in the book. Um, What role do you think that food takes in culture? Yeah, so I, I don't know, I definitely, this was some, probably like the first thing that stood out to me in a lot of this book, which is really odd at first, but it just in so many scenes, I think the best example is when Ashima is trying to make something that she's craving an Indian snack during her pregnancy, and she's mixing all these like American ingredients, and she says, as usual, there's something missing again. And so I think what that plays is I feel like food and just the snacks that you're used to and like the different things available that you're used to play a big part in like your culture and your kind of routine and to not have that even though it seems like a small thing and it's something you wouldn't assume you'd miss it could be really hard to kind of live a life without or like adjust without yeah um what kind of food do you think in your own life you wouldn't be able to live without (laughs) especially like I think now in quarantine, we kind of realize this especially. <laughs> like, are there any kinds of foods that you've really, like, missed yeah. during this time? Well, I mean, this is so hard to explain, but maybe this is just why it resonated with me. But I just felt this way all the time whenever I was going anywhere. So, like, when I studied abroad in London, I missed so much, like, American food. Even when I – well, yeah, when I was in London, I'd miss – trying to think specifics. Um this is like a London thing. This is also, even if I'm in Boston or New York, I always miss Portillo's and I always miss Culver's. Um, that's actually just probably very specific to Portillo's and Culver's because I realized too, like when I go to China, when I go anywhere, like like if I'm there for like longer than a month, I just miss being able to go and get like just things that I'm used to seeing at a grocery store or just like random foods that I'm craving and I think that's something that was so that threw me off so much in London is like going to a grocery store and like not recognizing any brand of like candy in the aisles or mm-hmm. anything like that yeah um, it's a yeah it's a really small thing it sounds like a small thing but then it is one of those things that's like culture shock and kind of weird getting adjusted to yeah I mean I don't need, I don't think we necessarily realize how different grocery stores can be even yeah um like something that i've noticed when i've traveled is that like grocery stores don't typically have the maybe like as like health oriented products that i feel like are so much more popular now in america you know where they have substitutes for like instead of regular yogurt they'll have yogurt that's made from almond milk or um instead of chips they'll have chip substitutes that are made from like cauliflower and other things and I think it's because in recent years we've had like a shift toward more health-oriented food culture Um, so like 
I think that's something interesting that I've noticed for me, especially since going to college, um, the foods that I missed were typically like foods that my mom always made for me. So like a nice bowl of like warm noodles that she used to always cook for me when I was up late sometimes studying or like really tired coming back from an event something like that like she would always make me a bowl of noodles and so I really miss that in college um and Chinese food I think in general sometimes yeah no I get that like in college I have to have like Chinese food once a month or else I Mm -hmm. feel like so strange um yeah yeah which is like fun it's which I kind of I love in this book because also on the flip side um this is like jumping a little bit all over the place, but when go timeline wise, but when Gogol and Sonia Gogol is, I want to say a sophomore in his last semester of sophomore year and they go to India and they're there for like a long period of time that I resonated so much with that, like being in China. Um, and more recently there are different things, but like being in China as like a five-year-old in like 2005 and like mm-hmm. being there for like two months of the summer um, and not having like, cheeseburgers or not having um that was their example to explain but like for me it was a lot of random things like chocolate um (laughs) or like not even they have chocolate in china but it was like such specific things like not having chocolate chip cookies like not like things that we just are used to Um, the way it's like used or introduced to the culture is different exactly but also i agree like on the flip side i think i would like i'm really glad like living in a city i get to like go to chinatown um and I like wouldn't want to like not have that either um so yeah yeah like I think food just plays a really important role in like your culture but also like you said like memories like I do think a big part of Asian culture is showing like love and care through making food Mm -hmm. which I feel like is something we also see um in the book and like even when people, people like characters don't communicate well they always like make a cup of tea for someone or they always try to make sure that they're like fully fed mm-hmm. yeah like how they talked about how different it is um for Maxine's family yeah. when they hosted events versus how Gogol's parents would have hosted events and you know it was always making sure that their guests were eating enough and filling up their plate and letting them try all the different dishes and preparing for over a day in advance in order to be ready for the guests um, arrival whereas with Maxine's parents they were more of like the center and life of the party just enjoying their time letting loose not really worrying so much about attending to the guests Um, and that aspect of like food service and hosting with events um, yeah that's different too yeah well Um, I think that's like completely different because also like Maxine's parents parties were also just like small and like 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 you said that they like the guests didn't really always like feel like they were super fed or etc but for like the Bengali family friend parties which this is a funny segue that I didn't even think about before we started this but oh my god but Kina and I were at the same Chinese family friend parties all the time oh my god yeah wait I did not think about it at all I forgot. Um, but yeah, and like that's what like I think a lot about like those holidays, which I think that's like also shown when they talk about like Christmas or like 
their Thanksgiving plans. Like, I think food in an Asian culture specifically is a big part of like celebration. And like, even if a lot of relationships in the book, people don't communicate that well, like you can show you care through food. Mm -hmm. And what I thought was interesting too, was what Gogol ate kind of showed you which cultural identity he was trying to identify more with. Like, when he'd be eating more Indian food and, like, I guess living with his parents and everything, he was more in tune with that side of himself, like the Bengali side. But then when he was dating Maxine, you'd notice that every day he was having bread with jam in the morning and having these extravagantly... Um, like Western cuisines um, and kind of taking advice from her parents and their very like sophisticated urban tastes for what restaurants to go to and, you know, what bookshops to swear by, like all that kind of stuff. Um, And you can kind of tell based on what he eats as well as other things, obviously, which cultural identity he's trying to fit in more with yeah definitely and i think that like that makes a lot of sense to me too i think like even just drawing on personal experiences i'm sure like i think what you eat and like your routines for a lot of like asian cultures is like a big difference from western culture um Mm -hmm. and so like i think it's easy to feel like different from that I guess kind of not alienated is a little extreme but it's easy to want to like assimilate by choosing to eat more like western cuisine all the time or like live a certain part of that culture out I think so yeah yeah I agree it's almost like that like classic minority experience where when you're little and you bring your lunch Mm -hmm. to school and it's in a thermos, for yeah. example. And it's full of, like, hot Asian food that your mom cooked. Um, whereas all your classmates are having cold deli meat sandwiches or Lunchables or something. And everyone is looking at you or making fun of you for what you brought to eat. Yeah. Um, and it's almost like that sort of experience. They The book doesn't specify that he has that experience, but that sort of sense of alienation from being younger carries over into how he acts and how he tries to um, camouflage or adapt um, and show that he belongs in, for example, Maxine's family or just with Western culture in general and that he's not, I guess, some people would say too indian or super indian no i completely get that and i think yeah and i like what you mentioned too like that example wasn't even explicitly stated and i don't think that like yeah like i agree like that example i don't remember go and go through something like that and from like a first glance at his early childhood it even said like people were nice like people didn't really like think anything different of his like name Mm -hmm. um but there is, like, that innate, like, oh, some things you consider normal, other people are going to consider so different. And, like, what is considered the normal? Like, that example, I, okay, I think this is also really specific, but 
I talked about this before with like some of our other friends who went to your elementary school. My elementary school, no one brought their lunch because it was just served like hot lunch was served. <laughs> Oh yeah, I know. We yeah, I've talked about this before with like other people who went to um. Well, you went to. Oh, I'm not gonna say on the podcast. But, um, but yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, true. It doesn't even matter. But um, yeah. So we we all ate the same like like marinara pasta and breadsticks. Um, yeah, but like for me, once there like there were examples of like deli meat sandwiches sound like the least appealing thing in the world. They're like, I don't like cold lunches was such a confusing concept to my parents so like why would you yeah same like that's like neat like that makes no sense and like it's not good for your stomach Mm -hmm. and etc um and so I feel like in Google's early childhood a lot of people I would say arguably people when he was an adult maybe maybe he's more conscious of it as an adult but I think when he was adult people were more judgmental about his culture than they might have been when he was younger, which I think just shows that, like, at any point in your life, being different is going to come with some obstacles, and it's going to have to come with, like, being able to, like, explain and being able to just, like, defend yourself to other people, but also to yourself, mm-hmm. which I feel like was interestingly yeah. portrayed. Um, like, about and- the food. Oh, sorry. Continue. Oh, no, I was just going to say that even if, for example, in elementary school, he felt like people were nice to him and he wasn't being treated any differently, it's very likely that in his mind, he created this idea that he, like, people were looking at him when he wasn't, that when they weren't, for example. Like, that seems very in tune with his character to be kind of paranoid about those things, just like with his name. How I was going to say, yeah. He, yeah. I think he was, whenever he was paranoid about things, he was paranoid about them, like, with his name, which is interesting because his name is, like, not even, like, a Bengali name. It's, like, a Russian. Um, mm-hmm. And that's part of why he didn't like exactly, it. Exactly. Yeah, which makes sense. Um, no, I I agree. I think, and we can kind of, I guess, oh, but one quick point before we segue into the name conversation, though. The thing I was mm-hmm. thinking about with food was the conversation had at Maxine's, like, parents' house in new hampshire or the berkshire shires um and the family friend was like oh i went to india and basically just making a lot of like weird comments about like the food yeah i was thinking about that i was thinking i was like you know and maybe it is time but like i feel like in elementary school like i said i didn't have to bring hot i didn't have to bring lunch so like that probably was also a conversation like that would have been different probably um but i think in elementary school people were pretty like chill about things but also because you're kids and I think when you're kids like kids can either be really cruel or like really oblivious <laughs> um mm. but like I think also it's a good point to realize like oh my god adults can be sometimes so um confident in their ignorance <laughs> like this random old lady who was making these comments about like the food and like how it was like too hard on her stomach and all this stuff um mm. but yeah, so that's another thing I was thinking about food. But I agree, we should talk a little bit about, or a lot about the names and kind of his different takes on the name. So I kind of want to hear your input about this because I I think we're going to have, I think we have different experiences when it comes to names. <laughs> yeah, I guess that, I mean, I already kind of mentioned it before, but like growing up with the name Kina, it's not like a very, it's not a common name at all. Um and obviously it's not a traditional American name. 
and it doesn't have Chinese origins or anything, which is what a lot of people think when they meet me. Oh, I didn't know that. (laughs) Yeah, like, they'll ask me if it means something. Oh, my God. Like, if, if, like, like, after they find out what race or, like, what ethnicity I am, if it means something in Chinese. Um, (laughs) But it's actually Irish, and literally my parents picked it out of a baby book. (laughs) So, um, yeah, it's a kind of similar situation to Gogol, and I kind of related to him on a lot of parts because of that. Like, when he was saying that it wasn't a Bengali name, and it wasn't an American name. Of all things, it was a Russian name. (laughs) Kind of in the same vein for me my name isn't american it's not chinese it's irish (laughs) and like where did that come from um but for me i don't think it's as peculiar of a name so it wasn't as big of a deal it was just a lot of little things that were noted throughout the book like how he was always prepared to show the teachers how to pronounce it and correct them um and little things like that or um he doesn't have any there's no scenes where he does this but for me personally when I go to Starbucks or Mm -hmm. um go to a dressing room I'll tell them my name is like Nina or Gina or Tina whatever I'm feeling yeah 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 like to strangers I'll be that person because I don't want to deal with the conversation that my name will bring up and that kind of inconvenience that comes from it being uncommon um and I've never like thought about changing it or like I never like intentionally and purposefully had that idea in mind but I can understand obviously where he comes from with wanting to change his name because he has faced so many more inconveniences and shame and um little annoyances in life because of his name and issues with identity because he was named mistakenly um his name wasn't even supposed to be Gogol that was supposed to be his private name his pet name not his good name Um, Which I think is honestly a really interesting concept um, that it's official like that, that that's officially how the structure goes. Because I feel like a lot of people maybe are known as a nickname by friends or family, but in like Bengali culture, it's literally everyone because it's that's the structure um, or like how they do things in their culture. Yeah, I think. I think two things. I think first, um, that whole process of getting him named, that was like, a lot of parts of this book like are heartbreaking, but that, I think anything that happens with the parents to me, is kind of like, it hits me at a different emotional level. Like when they were going through the process of the name and like trying to explain to the hospital people that like, this is just not what they were planning. Like, and then like the whole miscommunication with that and like them just wanting to like, do what's best but also like do what they're used to that whole ordeal Mm -hmm. was like so that made me so emotional because I was like this makes sense like this is so hard like it's so hard because you know that like the hospital isn't understanding but also you know like they've compromised so much like this is something that they just want to do their way or like the way it's like honor Mm -hmm. 
um, like the wishes, wishes of the grandma. Um, so that seems so, yeah, I would like that. I don't know. I thought about that a lot after I read it. Um, and then I guess that is true. It's an interesting concept. I guess this might, this is kind of, this might be like a generalization, but I think at least I know from like my family members, like most people, like, I, I like to say most people I know in China, like most of my cousins, like they had a nickname before they had a real name. Mm. I don't know if that's maybe just so like even like kind of my parents. Like I think it's just different. Like you, you're not born and like have to like register all your official things. Like with the what um Ashok and Ashima said about like oh it's fine because like your official name isn't until you enter school. Like that's kind of the same. I feel like in a lot of cultures that aren't maybe the United States, like a lot of Western cultures, like my mom's, like, so random. My mom's, like, nickname isn't, like, my mom's name, like, her name that she goes by at school, like, on papers, like, isn't what her family calls her either. Yeah. Um, my mom, like, do your parents have an American name? Yeah. Versus their Chinese name? Yeah. Yeah, so, like, my parents have that, too. So, um, instead of their Chinese names, my mom goes by Grace, for example, or my dad goes by John. I didn't know that. Um, oh. Yeah. Um, Just because of how much um, difficulty it can bring to your... Uh, wait, are their names, like, changed like, like, change like that, like, registered? No, I don't think yeah. officially, but they just, like, when they introduce themselves to people... Yeah, that's the same like, with my mom they and my dad, yeah. yeah. Um, but in China, my mom was born, and her nickname, or her, like, name... There's a weird backstory, but her name, like, her dad named her after, like, a student that he had and he was teaching, and then the student, like, ended up becoming, like, a failure, so my dad just, like, kind of changed her name, like, oh my school. gosh, that's... <laughs> like but everyone calls her like her nickname but also like my cousin like um was random i have like a baby cousin that was just born he's really cute i'll show you a picture later um but like his name like he's only two and his name like is right now is like not what's gonna be his name in like official papers like i feel like even in general like all my relatives in china go by shortened or like Nicknames. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Sorry, you can continue your input. No. Um, I was just like thinking about that in terms of my own family, and like, I don't know about my parents and if they had previous names before the ones that I know them by, but um, I know that for me and my siblings, we have Chinese nicknames. Like, we have Chinese nicknames that. A lot of other Chinese kids have. Wait, what's so, your Chinese example, nickname? I'm so curious. So my Chinese name, like, it's Kaina, mm-hmm. right? So then the nickname is Nana. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, which is like what a lot of people do. But then I also have like a bunch of other nicknames that they call me by based on like personality. So interesting. Um, like what Okay, like, for example, because I'm their third kid, sometimes they'll call me. Yeah, yeah by, like, that's what my dad gets. Yeah, like, Sarah, that's what my like, dad gets. Yeah, my dad and his entire, like, siblings are all called by, like, their order. <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, funny. Um, so sometimes they'll do that. And then, like, I don't know if you know, but the number 
two in Chinese are yeah. like there's like a joke about that and how like that means you're stupid or silly like kind of thing it has a connotation of being like kind of silly mm-hmm. um and so sometimes they call me by that and then also um apparently the number one there's like a slang for it like yo or mm-hmm. something or i don't know um and sometimes they'll call me by that because that's what you refer to your youngest as interesting yeah so there's like a bunch um which was really interesting to me so it's like technically i'm numbers one two three. <laughs> that's so funny oh my god interesting yeah interesting. um Mm-hmm. And then, and then there's like obviously American nicknames too from like friends and stuff. So that's a whole nother yeah. thing. Wait, what are what? Wait, what's your Chinese name? Like, what's your full Chinese name? Du Kai Na. Okay. It is mine is not at all like. Wait, I'm I'm so intrigued. Okay, my Chinese name was like picked out by my like my parents, my grandparents in China. So it's like mm-hmm. no relation to like my English name, but it's Chen Jingmei. Yeah, mm. I don't know if. Wait, how did you go about like? How was your Chinese name picked? Yeah, I actually like talked to my mom about this the other day after I finished <laughs> the book, because um, I was just obviously so interested in yeah. origins and stuff like that. Um, she was telling me, okay, for all three of us, like our names are found in like baby mm-hmm. books because they wanted to make sure our names were easily transferable into american culture but your chinese names were found oh oh, yeah yeah my name literally my name is chosen from the top 10 most popular names in 2000 like that's yeah i get that (laughs) yeah and like our like we are american names like our english names got picked out first Mm -hmm. oh so my parents picked names that yeah my parents picked names that would work in English and Chinese, like, purposely. Oh. Yeah. That's interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, for example, with all three of us, our names start with the letter K because they like the Kai character. Mm-hmm. Um, and they like the K sound, too, so it works. And the Kai character means, like, yeah. victory, essentially. So, like, they wanted to keep that throughout, like, the three of us. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, my, um, yeah, yeah, and nah, nah, they choose the names for, like, all the grandkids. Um, so, like, mm-hmm. it was just, like, done separate. Like, my Chinese name was going to be, like, separate from whatever my English name was. So my English name was picked because it's, like, yeah. generic, it's popular, uh, like, it'll fit in, which... Interesting enough, like, I grew up growing up, I hated that everyone was named Sarah. I was like, this is so annoying. Like, everyone in the world's named Sarah or whatever. That's um, so yeah. interesting. Yeah, because I would get frustrated because I didn't have a yeah. common name. Yeah. And, like, I, I would have similar experiences to Google where, for example, they never had my name. I know. <laughs> or, like, those keychains or, like, souvenir yeah. things. No. Just little things like that, um, too. Yeah, yeah, which I definitely get is, like, a different... Yeah, I don't know. I think I was more like, I just hated that everyone had my name. But um, my Chinese name was picked, like, more for, like, the meaning. So it wasn't, like, they, they were done separately and, like, independent of each other. 
Well, just a question about your thoughts on names relating mm-hmm. to the book. Do you think that they're that Ashima and Ashok made the right choice in naming him Gogol, or do you think that Gogol made the right choice in legally changing his name to Nikhil? I think they didn't realize what was going to happen with naming him Gogol. I think they didn't mm-hmm. like American Western, like American culture is really weird to maneuver, I think. Um, when you're not born into it and like it's easy to assume because like um, other Russian names are acceptable I don't know I think that I get their mistake and it's like hard to live with and I think it would have been hard for Gogol growing up a lot um, but what I really I'm not too sure how I feel about him changing his name I think it is him like owning his identity and etc but I think the bigger thing that his name symbolized which I also kind of just understood I think too being like children of immigrants I feel like it just always reminded him that he wasn't ever gonna fully be in one world um which I found uh, like really interesting but I don't know if you thought anything similar to that yeah it was like he was constantly toggling between things and trying to like still catch his balance um because when he was younger and his parents decided his good name was going to be Nikhil then he had the issue of when he was little he didn't want to be called Nikhil he didn't know who Nikhil was and he didn't want to be called this person that he didn't know how to be and then literally just a couple years later once his identity was developing more he hated his name so much and it was to the point where when he was younger, he would sign his art pieces with his name, and then he would he didn't want to, or he didn't like it later yeah. on. Which, yeah, sorry. And mm-hmm. no, no, no yeah. I think because I, I and I think that just like relates a lot to. I think it's interesting. This book does a really good job of talking about like the immigrant experience, but also like being like the children mm-hmm. of immigrants because I think there are a lot of things culture-wise that, like, you kind of maneuver between learning and, like, unlearning or, like, learning and taking, like, which parts of which. And I feel like throughout my life, like, there definitely were times when I was, like, more proud of, like, my Chinese heritage and, like, less proud of it. And, like, I don't know. I think it is interesting because you're right. It is toggling. But I think a lot of the lives of children of immigrants is trying to find that balance of, like, okay, this is what I want. This is what I choose for my culture to incorporate into my life. But this is also like what I want to keep. That's like more that's new. I don't know. It's definitely, I think an intricate thing to balance. Yeah. It's like determining what you want the relationship to be, um, which takes a while because it takes a while for you to even decide that you want to have a relationship with your culture a lot of times um, because growing up you feel sometimes like embarrassed Mm -hmm. about it or alienated because of it and so you push it away and then it takes a while for you to even kind of start accepting it more um but I think what was interesting was that even when he finally did change his name to be Nikhil he said that he didn't feel like Nikhil and he didn't know how to be Nikhil um 
and it was frustrating because no one no one in his life um knew him as Gogol and that was like somewhat discomforting to him they only knew him as Nikhil and so in some ways it felt like he was deceiving everyone yeah no that was definitely an interesting um take on it too I think that is also maybe without him realizing I think giving up something that like your parents gave you um I think Mm -hmm. also throws in a weird factor into that kind of complicated relationship just because I do think when like you're a second gen American like it it's a kind of a constant like oh you're very conscious of like the things that you get that your parents didn't have or the things that your parents like give mm-hmm. specifically for you and I think like yeah if it were me like even if I like hated Hello? Feel similar or um I Oh no, you're just good. cut off. Sorry. Good. I didn't hear um, what you said. Basically what I said was I think even if I was given a name that like I hated by my parents, I like the just the symbolism and the kind of like what it means for that relationship mm-hmm. of like what your parents give and how they give you everything when you're second gen. Like Yeah. I don't think I could ever, even if my parents would be like the worst name in the world, I don't think I would ever have the heart to change mm-hmm. it. And I think him changing it and then feeling kind of guilty or feeling kind of betrayed also, or feels like he betrayed other people, I think also is him just feeling mm-hmm. confused and like not certain of, yeah, I think just not certain of what he was giving up. But I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's it's like you just have to accept it be and because of how much else that your parents have done for you and everything like it seemed a lot of times I was so frustrated with him because of how ungrateful he was and how he was always embarrassed of his parents and um trying to hide what they did or hide them from his significant or the significant partner um and how he was always just embarrassed of how much effort they might put into things or how they were culturally different when in reality it it never seemed really like he was that grateful to his parents um and an understanding of their experiences as he should have been and maybe that's because he wasn't he didn't seem that close with his parents and didn't seem to put that much effort in my opinion in getting to know them um which could be part of why he was somewhat in my opinion ungrateful um and I think that another thing about him is like the fact that he was so defiant of his parents like all of his life all of his life and was resisting them and resisting his culture and resisting his given name instead of just kind of living with the situation that he's in and like moving on it's that's what's honestly held him back so much in life like that's why he's always unhappy and feeling regretful about things and i just wish that i just wish that he'd understood sooner and i remember when i was reading 
and he finally got together with Moshumi, I personally, like when things were good, I was like, see if he just listened to his parents and wasn't so resistant to his culture, like he would have met his wife so much Mm -hmm. sooner and that would have been like so much time saved. (laughs) But obviously we we know how things didn't end up exactly working out. Um, But like even then, like the fact that he felt so much comfort in having a partner who understood when they sometimes missed their parents cooking and would be able to go out to eat at Indian restaurants together um, and knew how to like knew to speak the same language um, and things like that, or knew how their parents behaved um, and like their cultural differences versus when he was dating Maxine she didn't seem to understand any of it at all. Um, like when Gogol told her about how he changed his name and Maxine was super dismissive of it and like didn't even yeah. seem to care. Um, like that kind of stuff. If he'd literally just been more open-minded and less resistant of his own culture, then maybe he, did, he could have found like an Indian or like Bengali woman that he would have been happy with maybe not Moshumi, maybe someone else. Um, but I feel like he could have been happier because they would yeah, understand who he was. I agree. And I think um, to play a little bit of the devil's advocate, I will, I, yeah, first I do agree. I think he should be more mm-hmm. grateful. And I think this book is like a warning tale about that. Um, but I also think I like kind of get coming from the spot of, it's really hard. I mean, obviously it's really hard for immigrant parents to move to a whole different country and start a different life. And I think also it's difficult when a lot of cultures in Asia are not rooted in like communication between like parents and children. Like it's, it's definitely, I think more, even like between husband and wife, like Ashima and like Ashok were not romantically like involved before they got married like that was an arranged marriage I feel like a lot of relationships in a lot of Asian cultures are boiled down to like the necessity and not the emotional so I do think it's hard to be in a situation in the United States and to have like I think it's hard for parents who are immigrants to know how to communicate their emotions and it's hard for children growing up Mm -hmm to not, to understand that, to understand kind of, like, what, yeah, because, I mean, this is definitely more, like, me and my brother have talked a lot about this, and I think this is something he was definitely way more aware of, but there, there are just, like, a lot of things you see, like, in the media, like, in TV shows and movies, or just, like, between your friends and their parents, and just, like, things that, like, mm-hmm. yeah, the things I that, like, just thinking about this, yes. I would never do with my parents, or, like, people, like, I mean, this goes for a long range of things, like so many random examples. But I think growing up, like it's hard to not resent your parents when you're different in that way and your relationship is different. But then I think when you grow older mm-hmm. and hopefully sooner than later, because for me, like I was kind of at that stage in my life when I first read this book. And then after I read this book, I was like, oh my God, like it was such an eye-opening thing because I think a lot of people who are immigrants have to deal with a lot of loneliness and a lot of people who are Mm. 
children of immigrants sometimes feel that too. But then when you acknowledge that, I feel like you yeah. bond together more as a family. Yeah, that's like that's like how he um, said at the end of, or someone said at the end of the book that he and Moshimi. Yeah, that's like, what they Ashima said. But it's like they, yeah, but they understood each other or like they used each other for the comfort oh, of yeah. feeling different section. like they understood each other yeah. and yeah because they understood each other's experiences um and also with when he was with Maxine versus after um and how he valued his yeah. family and spent a lot more time with his family obviously like that had to do with his father's death as well um but I think the fact that for so long he was with this very very western like american woman who had this completely different relationship with his with her parents that he envied so much um and like to the point where he was very ungrateful or ashamed of his own parents um and how that completely flipped around once his father died and he like was reflecting on that and how even like how maxine handled it to it like, even when he was, the first thing I think he realized about Maxine, and this is such a good example, but, like, living with your parents is such a different context when it's, like, Maxine living with her parents, or the idea, or how, like, Mm -hmm. um, Goggle would feel about if he had to live with his parents, um, but I also agree, like, there were just some things Mm -hmm. she also doesn't understand, like, when I read that she was upset she wasn't gonna get invited to the Calcutta trip, I was, like, why, why would you, like, why would you think that you're going to go to that trip? Like, I would never, like, I would never bring anyone to my family in China. Yeah, exactly. It's like, 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 it's like a two-month, like, it's like at least a month vacation. It's yeah. like a very serious funeral type Yeah, situation. like, even in general, like, I think, um, like, bringing people, like, I guess in more, like, Western, like, white American culture, it's, like, not a big deal to, like, have people like meet your extended family but it would have to be like the biggest deal in the world for me to like bring someone to like meet my like grandparents you know I don't know um and she like felt so mm-hmm. upset that she wasn't kind of entitled to that but it just is a different relationship in a different context of what family and kind of like the severity of like extended family relationships in general yeah I just found mm-hmm. like the perfect quote kind of explaining how him and Maxine are different and um from that in my opinion how the minority experience is different um it says it's about Maxine and he says she has the gift of accepting her life as he comes to know her he realizes that she has never wished she were anyone other than herself raised in any other place in any other way yeah like yeah yeah right um I remember I, I bookmarked that because I was like, that is spot on. Yeah. Like so accurately, I feel like what, like a specific difference between the minority experience sure. um, and I guess the classic Caucasian, like born and raised non-immigrant experience um, of just always being more like self-assured because for example of how much you're being represented in the media um, and how the world doesn't exactly revolve around them, but it's like, 
the way, especially when we were younger, the way that media and society worked, um, it was obviously a lot more geared toward. And I think, um, yeah. And I think that's the thing is like, people get so confused when like the umbrella term of like the media is used, but it is deeper than you would think because when you see certain, it's not just people, but certain ways of life, certain habits, certain like traits, relationships represented 99% of the time. It not only reaffirms that those are the right relationships, mm-hmm. it the same time says mm-hmm. your relationships should be questioned. And like, you're right because Maxine's white and, and like American born with like a white non-immigrant family. She doesn't have to question her patterns her culture what she does what's considered normal whereas a lot of minorities I think have to like mm-hmm. like I said before kind of go through the path of like learning and unlearning like how to accept what maybe it's not considered normal but what you want to be something part of your story yeah and because of that and how different it is um like that's why he was I remember he said that kind of becoming a part of yeah. Maxine's family by living with them and being with them so much was a betrayal of his own family because it was it was so starkly different and to the point where his parents didn't even really know yeah. about Maxine to the full extent and the fact that they were living with her And I think he was just trying to like camouflage for a little bit, like hide away from those problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from the way that I read it, I feel like Maxine for Gogol was what um, Moshimi's friends yeah. were to, like, to her. Like her, um, I don't remember their names, like Andrew and yeah. something else. Like Claudia um, or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that couple for Moshimi was the same kind of um, like Western tugging influencer voice in her head um that would always be telling her like the right way to go about things um like for example one of the parallels that I was really like like startled or interested in um was how when Gogol was with Maxine he said that his par- her parents had their go-to like indie bookshop and their go-to places to get bread and wine and they were very cultured and knew the right way to do things um and then later with Moshumi he said that she always listened to her friends and went out of her way to go to the right grocery store go to the right butcher that they recommend get the butter or the bread from the right place from the right bakery because that's what they said is the right way to do things no i completely agree ending question for the day what's another name that you go by and what story does it tell Um, about you so i think i guess i hadn't realized how many nicknames people get um in china like in general uh when i'm in china Mm -hmm. like some of my family tries to call me sarah but are like some northern dialects it's kind of hard to pronounce like the Sarah like it's it just like the r turns into an l and it's like um yeah but most of my family tries to call me Sarah but my grandma on my dad's side 
calls me, I don't even know, like, the official, like, some sort of, like, I guess the best way would be, like, dragon princess. <laughs> um, yeah, which is cute. Yeah, no, I, I love that. Like, I'm really so close fun. to my nine-nine, so, like, it's, yeah, so that's, like, a fun, like, um, special name. But otherwise, I, like, don't have many nicknames. I don't know. It's hard. I think it's hard to nickname Sarah. Do no, they just call me Sarah. <laughs> like, I don't think... Yeah, wait, does anyone call you any nicknames? So I, I only get called Sarah. <laughs> yeah, so, we, yeah, we talked a little bit about my, mm-hmm. like, Chinese nicknames. Um, in with my American name, because when I was younger, um, my brother would not let me use my Facebook under a real, like, my real name. I put my oh, name Oh, yeah, that's your Kiki. Snapchat. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that was, like, your old one. No, no, it's not my Snapchat, but um, uh, it was my old Facebook name. I've changed it since, but, yeah, and then, so because of that, some of my friends would call me Kiki. Oh, my God. Like, jokingly, and, like, to make fun of me, because I, I know like I didn't hated know this. I feel like Wendy called you Kiki. Um, yeah. Oh, like my God, Trinity calls you Kiki? Summer, um, she no, she jokingly will call oh, me Kiki so freaking funny. new. <laughs> um, yeah. So there's that, and then at school now in college, sometimes people will call me. Like, oh my god! Fina, like, jokingly. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. Um. So I've been called that, and then my manager, um, at one of my old jobs, she called That's me Quinoa. Interesting. Because she didn't know how to say my name. Yeah, and so like because of that, other I people feel have like quinoa, quinoa is harder to pronounce than quinoa. Yeah, but quinoa is a word. Like she knew the <laughs> word quinoa. I just feel like you she didn't know the name quinoa. <laughs> I mean, I don't go by it. That's just what some people. Oh call my god, me. that's so funny. I will say, I loved. I remember the first, like I think like, the, one of the first things I knew about you is that you're parents made up your sister's name like they took the name like yeah and then like changed I always thought that was like the coolest thing in the world (laughs) yeah no like I that's so weird 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 plug but I do that in my I did that in my book because I literally like I I thought about it so much and then especially I think also because like I met you somewhere around time after I finished reading this book I, I was so fascinated by the name Gogol. I was like, this is so cool. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, like, that's something I'm like, I don't know, that I always think about that I think in regards to, like, names and just, this is a really fascinating thing to be born with a name that, like, is only yours. It's cool. Yeah. Have you ever thought about, like, changing your name or if you had a different name, what would you Honestly, want to like, I think this kind of ties into, like, what story does your name tell about you? Like, I think I kind of agree with Google how he feels when he changed to Nikhil. Like, I honestly think if my name was to be something else, I wouldn't feel any different. So I don't think the name is what carries the weight, you know? Yeah, I feel like the problem with him, though, was that... Exactly. He put, yeah, he put all the weight into the name and he thought that changing exactly. his name was what was going to fix him. When in reality, it was like pretty much for sure. So that's why I think like 
yeah, I don't know. I I honestly God don't think like I used to think I was like, oh man, I wish my name was like Anastasia, like the lost Russian princess. I don't know. Um, when I was like younger, but mm-hmm. now I'm kind of like, okay, cool. like if I went by any other name, I'd be the same person fundamentally, so it wouldn't make sense. And at this point, I think it would feel wrong, like mm-hmm. to go by a different name. Yeah. What about you? What is like? What do you think yeah. about like the story it tells about you and like if you would change it? Yeah. My own name. Um. Well, I've learned. I've grown. I think to love my name more. But when I was younger, I definitely did think about like, what if I had a different name? Um, and I specifically remember at one point I was really obsessed with the name Serena. I like, like how you knew I was gonna say that. You knew I was gonna say because of Gossip Girl. I know. I know. But it wasn't. It was literally my pre wow. pre gossip girl, like before I'd seen the show or known about it. Um, and I remember I really liked that name because I thought it was really pretty, and probably definitely because I thought it sounded like more Western, um, yeah, or, like white. Um, but it was also like it yeah. rhymed with my name, <laughs> my current name. So I was like, eh, like it could be. It's like similar. <laughs> um, so there's that. When I tell people that I've told. Um, like Starbucks baristas and people like that that my name is Gina or Nina they'll like take take uh like share their opinions about it so they'll be like we've determined from my friends that I'm definitely Mm -hmm. not a Tina but I could potentially be a Gina and Nina's like sort of there but not quite right because in their minds the name Nina has like are these school friends from um, high school <laughs> or from college? Like interesting. Like, across I think the board. Would be, That's what I've heard. I yeah. agree with this. I think. Well, yeah, Tina's my mom's name. So my mom's name. So I can never. I don't think I could ever see you as a Tina, but I could definitely see you. Mm-hmm. You know, I actually think I think Nina has a little bit more personality than Tina. Oh my god, Nina is. Wait, I know exactly. <laughs> Like, um, I was just gonna say, it's also based on like who we already. That's the thing. That's the issue with like picking names. It's based on who you already know with that name. Like based on the Ninas I know, like you're not a Nina, you know. Yeah. Um, but also like based on the Ginas I know, like you're not mm-hmm. a Gina. Um, so, do you think a person's name has some impact or like shapes who they are, or do you think? who they are shapes how you think of the name um wait is this like when you hear a name or like about you on your own name i think about other names yeah who you are shapes the name yeah what about you because (laughs) this is so funny you know that tiktok trend be a little bit more specific Uh uh-huh okay well there's a tiktok trend there's a TikTok trend about names where girls, or it's usually girls, will like do a fashion thing where they say oh. what I dress like or look like if my name if my name was like this. And for example, their name, um, their full name or official name is yeah. Alexandra. So then they have an outfit for Alexandra, but then they also have one for Alex, and they have one for Lexi, and they have one for like. Lex and Allie and all these other things like different ways of putting together your name based on your original name 
Um, and I always thought that was so interesting because mm-hmm. it makes sense when they show you. Like, and that's that says something about what connotations people carry about their names. So, for example, when the name Andrew, I feel like, would strike a different visual than yeah, the name Yeah, I actually Drew do agree. Would. It also is. Right? Because... Actually, that is true. That is true. I, I think it is subconsciously, like, you know... Yeah. Like, when I hear Drew, I think of Drew Seeley. Like, I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's, it's interesting. But I think ultimately... Um, you're right. I think you. I think names can have different connotations, but I think it's like you as an individual. It's your job to like uphold your name for how you want it to stand. Yeah, and I mean it's definitely based on connotations too. Like you said, like I'm sure that 50 years ago, the name Margaret <laughs> or Ethel didn't have the same connotations that they do now. Where now we think of those as like kind of old lady names, but back in the day. <laughs> They're probably popping. This is true. This is very true. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that was interesting. Um, Okay. Well, that wraps up this episode of Off the Page. But be sure to tune in because we're going to do a part two of this episode where we're going to dive more into the Ganguly family assimilation experience and with Gogol's relationship with his family and with romantic partners. Bye. Thanks for listening.